0: Who is Jesus, and why did he really have to come to earth? What really matters in his human ministry? Over the next several weeks, we're going to take a look at the life and ministry of Jesus in our Garden to Grave to Glory series as we walk our way towards Easter. You're listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Drum. This podcast is designed to dive into scripture through systematic study in books of the Bible, through cultural conversations with women today, or on specific topical studies so that we can learn what God has to say for our lives. My goal is to equip you to study God's word well and to encourage you in your faith journey as we walk together and become girlfriends in the word. Happy Wednesday, friends. We are six weeks away from Easter this year, and for many people, this time of year is the middle of the season of Lent. Now, for those that don't know what Lent is, don't feel bad. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church in the South, and Lent wasn't necessarily something in that particular tradition that I grew up in. So for a very long time, I believed Lent was something that was only done by those in the Roman Catholic tradition. But the general gist is that for 40 days before Easter, one is to fast or abstain from something and use that time for reflection, meditation, and prayer in preparation for Easter. Now, while Lent isn't a practice that I have participated in, I certainly find the value and beauty of it. And this year, I have wanted to spend these few weeks before Easter walking through the scriptures that share the work, life, and ministry of Jesus as we kind of walk our way toward Easter. So here in the podcast for the next several weeks, we are going to be studying through a series that I'm calling From Garden to Grave to Glory, and we're going to look at the work and ministry of Jesus. And to kick off this series this week, we are going to talk about the life and work of Jesus here on earth. Who is Jesus and why did he come to earth? So let's start. Jesus the Christ. Now, it's fun to mention this, and let's get this title clear. And when we talk about Jesus, we we say the name Jesus in Hebrew, Yeshua, and it was a fairly common Hebrew name in the ancient world, much like we would say Josh or John or James today are fairly common English names. And so Jesus had a pretty common Hebrew name. Now, when we say Jesus Christ, no, Christ is not the last name. It's not even a family name. It's, It's actually a title and a position. Christ literally means anointed one or the anointed. So when we say the name Jesus Christ, we are essentially saying Jesus, the anointed one of God. Christ is the positional indicator, not just a name. And there are actually many names that Jesus is referred to in scripture. We see that Jesus takes on the names and titles such as the Christ, the Messiah, Son of God, Lamb of God, Son of Man, Savior, and many others. And not to mention There are actually many names Jesus is referred to as we see in Scripture. Jesus takes on the names and titles such as Christ, Messiah, Son of God, Lamb of God, Son of Man, Savior, and many others. Not to mention going through the seven I Ams that Jesus refers to himself as in the Gospel of John. But before we go into the full on tangent of the names of Jesus, for today's focus, we're going to talk about Jesus, the Son of God. The second person of the Trinity, begotten of the Father. When we talk about being begotten, we don't want the connotation that Jesus was kind of born into existence. Rather, Jesus has been always pre-existent. We know this from the scriptures that before the foundations and creations of the world, He was always in eternity past. He is preeminent. He is pre-existent. So. Even before the physical incarnation, when Jesus takes on flesh and is born from the Virgin Mary, as we see in the scriptures of Luke and Matthew, Jesus has always been. And so we talk about him as the son of God, begotten of the father. It means that it is, he is unique from the father, but of the same divinity. So Jesus is the God man, fully divine with all rights, powers, positions, titles of deity, just as God the father and God the Holy Spirit are divine. Yet Jesus is distinct. In that only Jesus became human, so the God-man. Only Jesus took on flesh of all of the persons of the Trinity. It is only Jesus that experienced the incarnation. The Father didn't come to earth in humanity. Jesus the Son did. And the humiliation of humanity, if we want to put it that way, the, the, the letting go of the ability to exert all of his divinity and putting on humanity, putting on flesh and being bound to the physical and not just functioning in the spiritual, Jesus became human like us so that he could do the work of salvation on our behalf. And, and this is what we're going to talk about today. Jesus came to earth to be the son that Adam failed to be. So back in the garden, in, in in Eden, when God has created man and woman and he gives Adam a task and Adam failed, Jesus came to earth. He put on flesh to be the obedient son that, that Adam was not. Jesus put on flesh so that he could save humanity, the humanity that he created, so that he could save us from the power of death and sin. Jesus also came to earth to reveal the Father to us. Jesus tells us in John chapter 1, verse 18, as well as in chapter 14 and verse 9, that he is the exact representation of God the Father. And that if, if humanity has seen him, then they have seen the Father. And so Jesus came to earth as a human to reveal the Father to humanity. Another reason that Jesus had to come to earth that he became God-man was to do away with sin. He became the sacrifice for sin. And Hebrews 9.26 tells us that the sacrifice of his life in essence frees us from the bondage of sin's power. You and I now have the ability to have the Holy Spirit, the power of Christ within us so that we do not have to walk in the power of sin or in the flesh that we can choose to walk in the power of the Spirit. Jesus came on this earth and he lived as a human. He walked this planet to also undo the work of the devil. First John 3, 8 tells us, and I quote, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. See, Satan has dominion over this earth, and Jesus came to undo what Satan is doing, to, to write the creation, to start the process of sanctification and re-identification so that we could be made whole in the likeness and image of God. Jesus also came to this world, and he lived as a human to be our mediator before the Father. The book of Hebrews in chapter 4, 15 tells us that because Jesus came to this earth and lived as we live, yet he lived perfectly, obedient to the Father, even as he himself experienced temptation to sin, Jesus is able to mediate for us because of those experiences. Jesus stands before the Father and he's able to sympathize with us in our temptations and our sufferings. He He mediates before the Father and he speaks on our behalf. And he knows what it is to walk this world. He knows what it is to experience the things that we experience. And another reason that Jesus came to this world is to show us how to live so that we can please the Father. Jesus modeled for us what it is to live and walk out a spirit-filled life. How do we walk holy and obedient and blameless before the Father? Jesus modeled all of those things. He teaches us prayer and patience, forgiveness. He shows us what it is to walk in anger without sin and how to live holy. Jesus lived the perfect life so that we could model him on this earth. And so, we've talked about who Jesus is, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, the God-man, and we've touched on why he came, so that he could live a holy life then show us the way to walk before the Father so that he could be the perfect atoning sacrifice for us, that he could redeem us from the bondage of sin and the power of death and to reveal the Father to us, to show us the love of God and and to do all the things that Adam failed to do. So his ministry on earth produced teachings and healings as well. And it it wasn't just all the spiritual blessings and benefits we get, but we also got a lot of physical blessings as well. And during the earthly ministry of Jesus, we see through the stories of the Gospels that Jesus had the power to heal and perform miracles. These signs and wonders, as we call them, these healings and miracles, they give evidence to the power that he has over his creation. His ability to change and to control the creation that he sustains. And while on earth, Jesus taught us. Another important part of his ministry was discipling the apostles, the 12 men that would intimately understand his teachings and the ways in which he was initiating the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And he used them as the foundation for changing the world, establishing the church era and evangelizing across the world. And the command that was given to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to be fruitful and multiply to subdue the earth is in effect the same command as we're going to study later in another episode that Jesus used and fulfilled through the disciples. And now generations later, we saw that Jesus' earthly ministry fulfilled the law of Moses and completed many of the prophecies of the Old Testament prophets. And his life and ministry on this earth set the stage for the church era And ultimately, for the second coming, the second advent of Christ when he returns and reigns as king and judge. And so as we walk through these several weeks before Easter, I think it's important to understand that Jesus was fully human and fully divine, the God-man. And we're going to see how both parts of who he was are intricately tied to all of the work that he does. He knew the pain and exhaustion in the physical world. He understood loss and grief as death pierced his soul when his loved ones died, like his, his earthly father figure, Joseph, or his friend, Lazarus. Jesus understands the pain of a friend's betrayal and the happiness of a warm evening around a fire, telling stories and eating food and being loved by your closest people. He knows the struggle of wanting something deeply in your own flesh and yet the tension of wanting to surrender and submit to the will of God. He understands the pain of physical pain that happens to our body when we bleed or ache and our muscles hurt. He understands suffering. And yet in his divinity, he knows the things that we cannot yet fathom. Perfect obedience, complete surrender, successful, abundant living on this earth because every one of his actions, every thought, every prayer, every petition was perfectly surrendered to the Father. So while Jesus gets us and he's like us in that he was human, he's also so very much different than us. And we're going to see all of that play out over the next couple of weeks. And so this week, what I want us to do is to spend some time thinking about the human ministry of Jesus. This week, let's give God thanks. Let's praise him for sending Jesus for us. Let's look to him in the scriptures and look at the model of his humanity for us, how he serves and is a servant instead of asking to be served. Not only in the way that he loved and met the needs of his people, but also in his being the perfect atoning sacrifice for us. Let's look at what Jesus teaches and how he speaks. And let's look for how he reveals the father and the father's love to us. This Study of the Incarnation, the putting on a flesh, and the human ministry of Jesus, it changed everything for humanity. So this week, let's give thanks for that. The world may not accept him, but they cannot deny that Jesus changed humanity's story. Goodness, even our entire calendar dating system is based around the birth of Jesus. So as we walk towards Easter over these next several weeks, let's spend some time thanking God for sending Jesus. Let's contemplate all that it meant for Jesus to take on flesh. And let's look for how our lives are different because Jesus came to earth. Until next week, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. You can find resources on the website at www.nataliadrum.com, which is where you can connect with me via email. You can download resources or you can check out the shop for books and tools to grow in your faith. If you want to connect with me on social media, head over to Instagram and find me at the handle at Natalia Drum.